This is episode 47 with Claudia Tabawada, and today we're talking about how you can find your inner badass as a mom. I started to jog, but you know, at the time I had absolutely no endurance. I had, I was not able to run more than two minutes, but I went anyway, because I knew that I was in, in, in a new path of transformation. You know, I persevered, even if I was not a good, at the beginning, I was just, you know, uh, red as a tomato after two minutes. I didn't care. I, I knew that these moments were my moments, my me time. Hey moms, are you tired of being tired? Or maybe yelling at your kids? Or maybe you need to know how to get your strength back postpartum? Or learn to manage your stress trying to do it all? Or just to become a more confident mom? If so, then welcome to Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. I'm Christiane Bégin, a mother of two, sharing inspiring conversations with wonderful people on how we can be mentally and physically stronger moms, and also including freshly squeezed ideas, a little bit of fun, so you can learn how to find balance and also how to raise strong, caring, confident kids in today's world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hey mama, welcome to another episode of Citrus Love Podcast. So you've probably heard tons of talk about self-care, take time for yourself and do things that make you feel good if you want your kids, your spouse, your friends, your relatives, anyone, your co-workers to feel good around you. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of others? Today, I have a mother who turned her life around going from burnout to unstoppable, and she's helping mothers. You can turn your life around, reduce those anxiety, and release that inner badass in you, that strength, that fire, that passion, that is all within us. Listen up, you've got that too. You're not immune to it. We all have this internal drive. The thing is, we might not always tap into that because of schedules, obligations, maybe stress and anxiety and everything else that layers on top of what truly matters to you. So who is today's guest? So she's a mother of two, Claudia Tabuada, and is also mother to an autism child. So she's got two sons and one has severe autism. So she wrote a book, a memoir about raising an autism child, being a caregiver, and which we briefly spoke about, but because this is a platform to help you mothers, mothers to be, to feel mentally strong and physically stronger as well. We're going to talk more about her journey, how she lost herself, as some of you might know, if you are caring for someone that's ill, an elderly parent, if you have a child that has a severe illness, you often put yourself second to help and to help heal others. And it takes a toll. But today you're go- we're going to be talking about self-care. So today's conversation is, a- is about a mother's transformational journey from an overwhelmed, burnt-out mom who left her law career to take care of her autism son full-time until years later. She couldn't even recognize herself 
when her son received a guide dog to help for his autism. And that was the turning point that changed everything in her life because of a dog, which brought health, energy, and strength back into her life and changed into an unstoppable badass woman, as stated in her own words. And today she is helping mothers do the same to feel amazing. So if you enjoy this conversation, have you left a review yet for this the podcast? If you haven't, stop it right now and go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, online, on your phone, and just leave me a review at two, three, four, five stars, a quick review that helps to get these beautiful conversations out in the world because we all need more strength and energy to do what we are doing every day. And that's raising kids So with that, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you share it, make sure to tag me at Citrus Love Podcast. And with that, let's get to it and listen to this conversation. Welcome, Claudia, to the Citrus Love Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you're like literally, I think like an hour away from where I'm living, which is a a coincidence. You just finished writing, submitting your second book. I read your first, but you just finished your second this a couple days ago, actually, I think. And so congratulations with that. So much. Thank you. Yes. We'll start with what's your journey because a lot of moms listening or women moms to be listening, they might not have read your book to give them a little bit of backstory. What happened when you had to stop working and be a full-time mom for your son to help him out because he has autism. So let's go back to that. What were some of the signs that maybe something might be wrong or his development wasn't like all the other kids yeah Yeah, it was yeah as I said as you said it's yeah it was my first I I didn't know many kids Nico's age so for me at the beginning of the first year he was you know developing okay nothing that I really um, started to to uh, come out until when he was about 13 15 months at one year old he started saying little word and then he stopped And then at 13 months, 15 months old, I realized that he was not doing much communication in the sense that he was not sharing, you know, a lot of kids, even if they don't talk, uh, they do, um, you know, they point and they look at you. And that's something that it's, it's very important in autism. It's one of the first signs that when they, you know, they point and they share with you, even if they don't talk or they bring you something. And Nico wasn't doing anything of that. So it was when he was 17 months old that, you know, he continued. And then he was very hyperactive. Like he was, you know, he constantly running around, very difficult to, to, to manage because he was always running around. And, you know, for sure there was something that was going on. So it was for that. It was his 18-month-old interview uh, or, or appointment that we had with his uh, pediatrician that then I started, you know, talking to her. You know, like I, when I, I call his name, he doesn't turn you know, it's like as if he doesn't hear me uh, or, you know, he's not sharing as much. And, and of course, his language was very delayed. And I said, you know, there must be some something going on. You know, it must be just his, you know, his sense of hearing or but, you know, something needs to be uh, checked out. And then right away, she said, you know, 
uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to make an appointment at St. Justine Hospital, which is the, the pediatric hospital here in Montreal. We're going to make an appointment as soon as we can the, to the, the developmental clinic. Well, at the time, they used to have a, a multidisciplinary appointments where they would have um, a speech pathologist, they would have um, an occupational therapist, a psychologist, and, um, and a doctor. First, they do an audiology test to see if there's a hearing issue, and then they have speech therapists and the occupational therapist interact with the child, and then, you know, the psychologist is there as well, and after about, I think it was three or four hours, you know, they didn't say he had autism because they cannot, at that time, he was too young, but he said there's a, the, the, the possibilities are high. And, um, you know, of course, you know, me as a mom, crazy, I was, I, I was, you know, looking at, even before that appointment, I went on the web trying to figure out, find out as much as I could about autism. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I knew, I knew that if they saw signs that early, that mm-hmm. meant that he was going to be diagnosed aut- autistic later on. Mm-hmm. So, and then the problem is, is that, and I think it's still like that, is like, you know, that we, we go to this appointment, they tell us, you know, there's you know, autism involved here, but then you have a big waiting list. You have to wait at least a year and a half to get services. So what do you do? We said, okay, well, we have to do something because we're on the waiting list. And uh, so at the time, there was this clinic that they had, I, had, I think they just opened like two, two years prior. It, it was an autism clinic, ABA, which is a, a therapy. Nico was 19. I was uh, pregnant from my, my other son. I was six months pregnant. And uh, at the time, you know, we're on the waiting list and there were no other services. So we discussed with my husband, okay, what should we do? And, and of course, he had the, the, the better paying job. So I, uh, you know, we decided that I would stay home. Initially, it was going to be for like a, a three-year sabbatical until Nico would be five years old. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, I, the initial idea was that I would go back to work. But it was not like that. So mm-hmm. um, I abandoned my career uh, in 2002, and uh, I became the ultimate autism super mom in the sense that I was not only his mom, but I was his uh, teacher, therapist. I was a speech therapist. I was the occupational therapist. He's a program intervention manager. I was the advocate. You know, that's that's what the reality is. Like with most autism moms is like, you know, we, we become not only the moms, but we are, you know, the super mom with multiple hats. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in the process, I lost myself. Um, I lost my identity. I was burned out. I was overwhelmed. I was living my life on autopilot. And that lasted for, for a long time because I was, you know, I was his caregiver. Initially, as I said, it was going to be three years, but the services weren't still there. And I, I continued to be his caregiver for close to probably nine, 10 years. Uh, what saved me was that when he was about, I would say when he was nine years old, so that was about seven years into my journey, we were gifted a guide dog, a guide dog from the Mira Foundation. And at the time, at the Mira Foundation, who provides dogs for the blind, they were doing um, a research projects for autistic kids. So to use, you know, trained dogs to help autistic kids and to just go to, to houses where there's an autism. So maybe that the distress levels of the family can go down. We tried this project. So we went to the project and um, we got a dog. 
we got a dog and that was in 2000 and 2009, I believe, or 2008. Anyways, Nico was about nine years old at the time. And at the time, my, my ex-husband was uh, um, traveling a lot. He was, uh, you know, he, almost every week, week he was traveling. So, you know, I was here with this dog. And at the <laughs> time, I had no time for myself and for everything else. But I mean, I he was here with this dog. I had no choice but to take her out because I wasn't going to leave, let, let her, uh, you know, do her thing in, in, in the carpet. So I took, I started taking the dog out and for me, you know, at the beginning it was, you know, just a, a house chore for me. It was just like, Oh my God, I have to get this dog out. Let's go for five, 10 minutes. That's it. And then I, I can come back to my stuff. So anyways, I started taking the dog out and literally after five days, five days, something happened. I realized that this walk, uh, they were my first self-care moments since my since Nico had been diagnosed. I had not been on a walk by myself or I had not been by myself since Nico had been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And these walks became my first, you know, self-care moments. I started to 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 enjoy these walks because they were kind of my times of self-reflection and and you know, self-discovery, just the fact of having time for me, to having having time to clear my mind or to be to detrust from all the stress that I was going under at home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, I, I became uh, addicted to these walks. And um, I remember I started uh, seeing my neighbors. You know, they they were um, jogging, and I told myself, "Oh wow, that that looks interesting." You know, I I, I may might as well. You know, I, I'm going with the dog. I'm going out with the dog. I might as well start jogging. So, anyways, I remember I going to the a running store close to my house because I didn't even have running shoes at the time. I had no to exercise or to do anything for me. So I go to this running store. Winter was starting, and I said, "What do you runners, uh, you know, wear?" outside in the winter so you say well and then she goes we runners we we wear the same shoes okay you know i don't look like a runner but i will be one day <laughs> so anyway so so uh, you know i got the shoes i got the running shoes and then i started to um i think it was in the spring of 2009 i started to jog but you know at the time i had absolutely no endurance i had i was not able to run more than two minutes but I went anyway, because I knew that I was in, in, in a new path of transformation. And I, 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 you know, I persevered, even if I was not a good, at the beginning, I was just, you know, uh, red as a tomato after two minutes. I didn't care. I, I knew that these moments were my moments, my me time. So I, I kept it up. I persevered. And uh, after, um, I think it was four months after I started jogging, that I went back to this running store. And there were two ladies there with uh, selling some tickets because there was going to be a race, a 5K race for the cure. And that happens in October, every October. And it was a 5K race and it was going to be on my birthday. And as I was going to give the money to the, these ladies just to buy, you know, to, to help them you know, with the tickets, something came over me and I said, you know what? I'm going to register for this race because it's going to be my present to me, you know, from me to me because I have started already in this journey. And I think if I have a, a goal, it can help me stay on the, on track. So I registered for the race and, uh, I went to this race. I, it was probably the first time in my life where I, where I had, uh, you know, uh, on a starting line in my life in high school or in school, I was not very, uh, 
a very athletic per person, but here I was trying to, to do this 5K race, and my, my biggest fear was to be the last one. But anyways, I was there. I, 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 I remember crossing that finish line, and it was an epiphany. It was a transformational moment for me. I crossed that finish line. I remember looking back. I was not the last one. And that day, it was the day that I decided that, that I needed to take charge of my life. I needed to take charge of my physical, my mental, and my, my emotional health in order to be the best mom to my kid and the, me the best autism mom to Nico in the sense that I needed to have the energy, the vitality, and the mental strength in order to endure you know, the long-term special needs journey because the journey is a long-term journey in the sense that these autistic kids become autistic adults and when they become adults the services decrease so you know we need to have that vitality to be able to endure until the end uh, until you know our kids are, are are way older so um that moment that's when i decided that 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 was it I, I i had been neglecting myself i had been neglecting my physical my mental and my emotional health and this was it so i became passionate about learning everything about self-care about stress stra stress reduction strategies about mindset optimization tools that i could use in order to not only uh, survive, you know, the, the special needs journey, mm -hmm. mom's journey, but also thrive. So, and, and I, I reinvented myself. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go back to a career as a lawyer because, you know, with a, a child, Nico, is, he's very uh, severely autistic. And even when he was going to school, uh, you know, sometimes they will call me at nine o'clock and, uh, you know, come and get him because he's, he's, he's too anxious or, you know, he cannot stay, na, na, na. So I, I could not come back as a lawyer because, uh, you know, the, there's no way to have, you know, flexible schedules. You know, it's already a stressful career and I, I would not go back as a lawyer. So I decided to just, you know, become self-care advocate and, 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 and become, a, you know, an athlete and a yoga practitioner and, and all that. So because I was not only learning for myself, deep inside, I was also learning for other moms that eventually I would, you know, I would share this information with. Mm -hmm. So I started, so I became a, a marathon runner. I've run 23 marathons and I, I continue to run. And last year when my son turned 18, I realized that it was my time. It was my time to start sharing my message because as he turns 18, he, we only have three years. At 21, he doesn't have school anymore. Here in, in, in Canada, we have a grace period where kids can go to high school until, until they're 21. But after 21, as I said, the services decrease. So who knows what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. And I told myself, I have this three years where he's still in high school where I, you know, I can, I, I need to share my message now because I don't know what's going to happen when he's 21. So that was my cue. And probably I think I started writing my first book. It was in June, my first book, which is my memoir, which explains, you know, this journey. So I started writing this book and I published my first book, um, this year in, uh, end of January, I believe. So I published the book and since I published the book, you know, people had been calling me and thinking, you know, and asking me, you know, do you coach? You know, I, I'm looking for someone to coach me on this thing and the self-care and the stress reduction. And I said, not yet, but I will. 
But anyways, I mean, so I've been, been learning all this, you know, you know, taking certifications and things like that to, to become a coach. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I joined KBB uh, with you. And, and at the same time, I'm, I'm working on getting some courses together for, you know, uh, again, stress reduction and self-care for moms. And, you know, just trying to build a community around teaching moms that self-care is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. You know, so that they, they realize that it's non-negotiable, that it's a necessity and that it's not selfish. You know, it is a necessity for us moms to be able to take time for us in order to be the best moms and the best persons that we can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and essentially that's my journey. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'll go back on a few things that I want to sure. dig a little deeper. But mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind is you found the time, even like your husband at the time was not mm-hmm. often there. You mm-hmm. didn't have lots of family around. You had tons of appointments. You mm-hmm. were doing like the full-time teacher, home, everything that, that a mom needs to do in addition to helping your child. And yeah you were able to stick with it and Mm -hmm. eventually develop a habit with it. I'm curious to know what made you not give up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kids need to go to bed. They need to do their homework. You need to uh, prepare the food, get the groceries. Like all of this takes time. And in addition Mm -hmm. to what you were doing, so things you can share with the mother listening that can help her stay on track with Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that's for her. Mm -hmm. So first, the first thing I want to, to uh, share is that it's realizing that the, the, the health benefits, the, the, the physical and the mental health benefits that, you know, the walking and the running were, were giving me for, for the first time in my life, I had found a habit or, or, or a hobby it was really changing my, mostly my mindset. It was really helping my mindset. Like every time that I would co- come back home, I was feeling energized and positive. And so I, I knew that I had found something. I had found, you know, the, the, the perfect hobby for me. So the, the important things that I can, you know, some of the tips that I can give is like, it's really important to realize, as I said, that self-care is, is a necessity for us. For every mother, self-care is a necessity. So we really need to be strict about setting healthy boundaries in the sense that we, do, we should not be feeling guilty asking our husbands or asking family member to check on our kids while we go for a 20-minute walk. You know, for me, that was essential. Like I, I knew my husband, like he would, he, my ex-husband will travel, you know, a lot. So I would tell him, you know, on the weekends, I need to go at least, I need at least an hour every day on the weekends. And, and when he was out, I would, you know, I, I, I would hire a neighbor, you know, like a 15 year old girl that I knew that, you know, lived close by. I would hire her for, for, you know, half an hour so mm-hmm. that she can come and check out the kids while I went for my walk because mm-hmm. my walk was necessary. It was, you know, it, I made it a necessity. I, I made these, you know, self-care moments a necessity. And the other thing too, it was to have a goal. And I think that helped me as, as well in the sense that, you know, okay, I, I, I started running, so I'm, I'm going to register for a race. I mean, it can be running or it can be, uh, you know, it can be a Zumba class or something that you register for some kind of a, an event. Or even if it's not a physical activity, you know, let's say that you are a painter, you like painting. Well, you know, register yourself to do an exhibition. 
but it's, it's important to have a goal, uh, you know, within that passion that you have or that hobby that you have. Set yourself some goals that will help you stick with that, you know, with, with your self-care moment or your passion that, you know, you're going to be looking forward to that goal. And you're going to say, well, you know, I need to finish my painting and I need my half an hour every day to finish my paintings so that I can do my exhibition. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it was very important to, and, and I knew like deep inside that when I was registered, you know, I would finish a race and the same day I would register for another race, you know, ah. three months later, six months later, because I knew that that was a way for me to keep, cons- to stay consistent. Mm, and that's uh, so that's, that's one of the things. The other thing, as I said, is, is to really, um, you know, to set boundaries and to not be afraid to ask for help or, or when I couldn't run, for example, I would go to, there's a gym that they have a, um, a daycare, for example. I, I would go to that gym because it had a daycare. So I knew that I could leave, you know, my kids there. And mm-hmm. while I did, you know, half an hour of some class or, so it, it, it's really important to see your self-care moments as if they are, um, you know, part of your routine. As it, They're your job, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I almost saw it as my job. It was my job to be healthy, mentally and physically healthy. So you have to do anything that you can in order to stay consistent. Because um, it it is consistency that develops a habit. And for example, now, I mean, I go for my run. Sometimes I don't feel like going for a run. I, you know, like I I, I didn't sleep well or I'm tired or I I have other other things to do, but I make myself go for a run. Why? Because I know that when I come back, I feel like a million bucks. So what do you do specifically to make you do it? It's easy to get up and say, oh, I don't feel like it, but I should. But, and then you do all that self-talk. What? do you do specifically to make you do it? I just do it. I just, you know, I put my, yeah, I put my workout clothes and I, 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 you know, like I just imagine myself after my workout, just energized and happy. And, you know, like I, I, you know, with my, my smoothie, my chocolate smoothie, like, you know, some nice treat after my workout or something, you know, at this point I just go. And, and I, as I say, like, sometimes I, I don't feel like going, but I, I make myself do it. It's funny because my doing research for my second book, I read about this, I think her name is Mel Robbins. It's this um, yes. five second rule is called. Yeah. And yeah. I think that five second rule forces you to, to just go, just do it. Like as Nike say, you know, just do it. You, you kind of have to make yourself do it or like, or, or you know, visualize yourself after you're, you've, you know, you've done, taken time for you, how do you feel? How, how, how will you feel after? Do that's, you always go at the same time? Not some, no, sometimes no. I, I, you know, I have to, I have like, for example, during the COVID-19 situation, I mean, I was, uh, well, I was with both kids and my ex-husband lives, lives and works in De- Denmark. So he couldn't be here to help me. Mm-hmm. So I really had to be very creative of when I could go. So I will wait, for example, that uh, Nico still naps sometimes. So I will wait till he naps uh, or I would w- uh, wake up early. Well, now I started um, uh, my routine. It's like I wake up early, like at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. So now I know that I will, I can get my workout done before the kids wake up. So I, you know, I had, there's no choice. I, I go in the morning, but I mean, if, you know, if it's not possible, then you need to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I would share with, uh, with your audience is that ever since I started in this journey of, of making self-care a priority, 
one of my mottos has been flexible consistency in the sense that what you want is to stay consistent. And if you miss a workout, let's say one day because you couldn't, then don't, don't feel bad, you know, don't beat yourself for it. You know, it's just like, okay, it's one day, but the next day is another day. So you can continue on because it used to happen to me that, you know, I said, oh my God, I couldn't do this workout uh, today. So the next day I said, oh, well, since I didn't do it yesterday, I might as well not do it today. Yeah. So I would kind of like, you know, just, uh, you know, abandon the fight. But, it, you know, if you're flexible, you know, you tell yourself, I want to stay consistent, but you know, I need to be flexible as well because sometimes it's going to happen that I won't have time, but it's okay. You know, tomorrow is another day. Mm-hmm. So it's really a matter of trying to stay consistent with a, within a flexible, you know, schedule, because mm-hmm. sometimes you may be able to do five days in a row and then you can for a reason, but you know, but don't beat yourself for it. You know, you, tomorrow is another day. So just keep doing it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what has helped me ever since I started like 11 years ago. I, I mean, I, I have continued to, to work out at least four times a week, but because I, I tell myself, you know, sometimes it won't work the other time it's another day. So I, I, I will keep going. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a matter of, um, you know, it's consistency to create a habit and also flexibility because you have to realize you're a mom and you have several hats. So you have to, sometimes it doesn't work. It doesn't work but don't abandon the, 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 the journey. Mm-hmm. You were fearless in a sense that you would start something not knowing if you were any good at it, not knowing if you'd even make it. Like, for example, you started running, you had never run before, you didn't own running shoes. Every time you added another a goal, a marathon, were you always like this or was it really just following your gut? Like what was happening to make you do it when most people would say, no, mm-hmm. I've never done it. Yeah. Didn't you know, know. excellent question. Excellent question. Because I, rem- I, I'm not sure if I was always this way. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I'm, I, I guess probably when I was as a, as a lawyer, I was a little bit more, you know, more competitive. And I think it, it was just, you know, the journey of, you know, my journey was just so hard that I told myself, you know, like, what do I have to lose? You know, you know, doing a marathon, that's absolutely nothing like, you know, taking care of my son, like for a week. And, and, and also, you know, that, that having a sense of every time that I would go and do something new or get out of my comfort zone, it would give me a sense of, um, you know, sense of accomplishment you know, uh, of self-esteem and, and just getting my confidence back because I had lost my confidence. I had lost my identity during all those seven years that I was Nico's full-time caregiver. And that I didn't even realize that I existed because I had so many other things going on. When you're a special needs parent, you know, you, you kind of, you lose yourself in the whirlwind because there's mm-hmm. so much to do. And, and, Everything, the only thing that matters to you is to, to save your, your child from, you know, whatever, whatever is going on. That's the only, the only focus you have. So you totally, you totally lose yourself. I mean, most of the par- parents that I know that, you know, they, they've gone through that, that they had periods where they lost themselves. They didn't even realize that they existed. You know, even now I, I continue to try to go out of my comfort zone because now I realize that it's a, it's a way to grow my mindset as well. 
How can that woman listening know what kind of self-care might be good for her? I mean, we all know exercise is the best way, but there's so many ways you can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it just following what you enjoy doing and branching out from there? Yeah. In my book, I, I, I list a few uh, ideas that, that I continue to use. I continue to use, uh, you know, I, I have at least seven self-care habits that um, I'm talking in my book and in my second book as well, where I go deep into, into those, those self-care habits. But I, as you say, I think the, the, the most important thing is to find something that you enjoy. Ideally, something active because you can work on both your mindset and your, 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 you know, the body as well. And mm-hmm. um, something that you enjoy it can be dancing, it can be hiking, it can be walking, it can be running. Well, I mean, not running eventually, but you know, if, if you haven't run before, start by walking, you know, as I did. Like I would go, now I call them my mindful walks. They are not only, you know, for walking for, for the physical aspect, but they are also good because they help you be in the moment, you know, just being outside, uh, you know, in nature, it's, it's been proven by research that it brings you calm and peacefulness. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you haven't started, if you haven't, if you're, you know, don't know where to start, just going for a walk, a 20 minute walk, at least five times a week. I guarantee you that it will change your life because it is not only good for the health benefit, but also for the mindset, clear the the mind from stress and also to just, you know, work on, 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 on your mindset, making you more, you know, happier when you come back, you know, Mm -hmm. more um, energized. That is a good start. The other habits, taking care of the body, nutritious food. I would eat once or I would forget, you know, like I would have a coffee in the morning and then I, I would eat at two o'clock, but you know, I, I, we were in the hospital. So I would eat whatever junk there was. You have to make yourself eat at least three times a day and, and try to eat nutritious. The other thing that I do is like, if you are, you know, if you're in a rush, like try to, to do meal preparation on the weekends. Like one, one thing that I do is like, I do, I, I make a big soup with a lot of frozen vegetables or you know whatever vegetables that I have, I, I do a big soup on the weekend. And then I know that, you know, if, if during the day, during the week, I am super, you know, stressed out or, or I need to, you know, I don't have a lot of time to eat. At least I, you know, I have my soup. I know I'm getting my, my servings yeah. of, you know, things like that, that you can do in advance and that, you know, you, you know that you're eating well, at least. Do you mention earlier about a smoothie you, you do? Mm. Do you have like a go-to smoothie that you make or what particular thing you, you drink or eat after, um, after or before a workout? Yeah. Before a workout, I don't eat much. I, I, I actually, one, one of the things that I do all the time, my elixir in the morning is I take warm water with lemon mm-hmm. and I, I do this every day. Like mm-hmm. Warm water, before I eat anything, I take my water my warm water with, with a lemon, it's good because it detoxifies the liver. It alkalinizes your, your gut. So I do that in the morning, like before anything, before I eat. Mm-hmm. So I have my, my water with lemon. And then after that, it depends. Like if I have a, a tough workout, I would have probably like a, a bagel with peanut butter and coffee. And if I don't have a, a tough workout, sometimes I just, just with my water with, with lemon, I will probably have a fruit. And then I go out for my, my run. And then when I come back, that's when I have my, my, my smoothie. 
And um, I usually just take a, a powder. I found this amazing powder at uh, Provigo. It's like a, a bone, bone broth powder, and it's like a chocolate flavor. It's a collagen powder, and mm. it's even better for your, you know, for your for your joints and everything. So I yeah. take this powder, but then I, I put stuff. Uh, I have, you know, I can put kale. I can put whatever fruit. Like I like a coconut, for example, like frozen co- coconut. I put a little bit of chocolate, just the powder. I mean, the, just the powder gives me the protein. So I just put the powder with water and then I put some kale. I put some cinnamon and, um, you know, some fruit. Sometimes it can be blueberries or that's my shake after my workout. And the liquid is you just put water? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's, the actual powder already has the protein. But I mean, if I didn't have the powder, I would probably just do like I would probably put some, you know, do some almond milk you know, or, or whatever gives me protein can be soy milk or whatever. And then some fruit and, and, you know, kale or, or another vegetable it's tasty, but also nutritious. And then, so that's my shake. So my shake is after, uh, after I work out. And then I just, you know, after that, like I, let's say I, I work out in the morning, I have my shake. So that's like my, my breakfast because you know, that's where I put all the stuff. Like I put, you know, the fruits and the protein and whatever. Yeah. So that's nutrition. Hydration is very important as well. And that's something that I used to forget as well. You know, as I said, I will have a coffee and then it, by the end of the night, I will forget that I, ha- that I need to drink. And uh, one of the things that I do is I buy myself a big uh, bottle of water and I bring it with me all the time. And uh, if I'm at home, I set a timer every two hours, I drink a glass of water because um, hydration, as research tells us that when we're hydrated, we have more energy because our, our cells have more energy. So hydration, uh, what else is there? I mean, sleep is another issue with us moms, um, you know, like to try to get at least six to eight hours of sleep. Um, you know, for me as a, as a special needs moms, it's very difficult because my son has sleep problems. But now what I try to do is I go to bed with him. Mm-hmm. So that way I wake up early and I do my stuff. He wakes up a little bit later than me. And then I, I do my workouts early in the morning. So at least my self-care is done in the morning yeah. before everyone gets up. But before I used to, he would, they would go to bed and then I would still go, I would go to bed like three or four hours later because I would say to myself, oh, you know, this is my time to work. Yeah. But then I find that it, it, it's the other way around. It's, it's much more productive because the other way around, I'll go to bed with them. I, I wake up earlier. I do my self-care in the morning, like let's say an hour. And then, you know, I'm much more energized and I can start working on my computer earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get, getting used to, you know, new routines um, for, for, for sleep. But sleep, at least if you can get it, at least six hours of sleep, it's uh, important. The other one that I use is uh, mindfulness, trying to do, you know, mindfulness in the sense, trying to do an activity that brings me to the present moment. And, mm, and as that. I said, the mindful walk is one of the best because, you know, you're out there and what you want to do is to really clear your mind from the stress. In mindfulness, what it is, is that you are um, you know, you are in the present moment, you are, you are focusing on the senses. So you're focusing. So let's say we take the mindful walk, for example, you're focusing on the sights, the smells, your movement, the breeze on your face. While you're doing this, all your worries, you know, your worried mind relaxes because you're just focusing on that. So, you know, to, to have a, at least a five, 10, 10 minutes of, of mindfulness uh, time for you, just to clear the mind and because, you know, when you're in that state, it's like a blank canvas. 
you're, you're totally, um, you know, self-reflecting, you know, and, and kind of just realizing what's going on without being judgmental with the, you know, the thoughts that you're having, but at least, you know, your mind is calm. For me, it's, it's a great way to, to relax the mind and, and decrease my stress. Mm-hmm. So that's mindfulness and meditation. The other thing that is very important that I, I, I started in my journey as well is, is journaling. It's one of my key uh, elements that I use. I, I actually have two journals, actually three journals. One in the morning. I practice gratitude in the morning. and I list three things that I'm grateful for in my journal. And the, the reason that uh, gratitude is so key when, when talking about self-care is that it brings us to a, a peaceful state. Um, I think it was Tony Robbins that was saying that being grateful is an antidote to fear when, when you're grateful. You are, you have no choice, but to be happy, to be in a, in a happy state. Mm-hmm, that's so true. Just bringing yeah. yourself into a, a, into a grateful, you know, a state where you're grateful and it can be anything like anything, but anything that can, you know, bring you into a state of, of happiness and peacefulness. The other journal is more goal setting in the sense that it, I use that one in the evening. What are my priorities for the next day? Three, mm-hmm. three priorities for the next day. There are my three priorities. You know, if I had done those three things, then my day has been successful. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what we say, you have too many priorities mm-hmm. and then we feel bad because we didn't do everything. You know, three, and then it can be in different facets of your life. You know, one can be about business. The other one can be with your kids and the other one can be just, you know, your self-care, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, you know, just focus on three, your three priorities for the day. And that kind of like helps me relax before I go to bed because I know, okay, now I know what to look forward tomorrow. And that's it. If I do those priorities, then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And then my other journal is just like a little journal that I bring with me all the time. It's like a a really, a mini, mini journal, like a, a little notebook. And I bring with me all the time, like on my purse, you know, because if I, you know, either I, I, I hear a, a quote that I uh, like or yeah. have an idea about my business or whatever, yeah. just like to jot down things. Yeah, I do know? that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that we don't forget, you know? Yeah, like exactly. As a lawyer, you enjoyed fashion, wearing the heels, wearing the nice outfit. You mentioned this in the book. And when you started running or exercising and it became something more than just getting out of the house. It became something you wanted to enjoy and you went shopping for nice outfits yep. to run and sneakers. Yes. And, and you even mentioned when you were competing, I, I think you were in Toronto marathon, maybe at the time. And yep. someone complimented you. If it was the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. you were going yeah. to run and do you put yeah. like your lipstick on when you go yeah. running? Nail- Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I think, and I think that helps, you know, my, 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 uh, my mindset. Oh yeah, I do. I do. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, if we can share with the moms, like if, you know, because I think looking good at home, like, you know, I remember when I was at home, like I, I, and, and I was like in the burnout mode, I would not even have time to brush my hair. And it was only when I, I realized that, you know, I, I, I started running. I said, oh, well, you know, I could look good. So I started taking more, more time for my appearance. And, and I think, you know, it, it just feels good. So I, I went shopping for clothes, for running clothes and stuff. And I still do. I still do. And even sometimes it's so funny. Even sometimes <laughs> when I don't want to work out and I tell myself, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I have this shirt that I bought. And, you know, I, I just go for my run because I want to wear that shirt. 
it's funny because it, it, it's kind of like a, um, a motivation to, yeah. to, uh, to get you out or the other way that I would do is like, I, I mean, I would say to myself, you know, if I stay consistent and I, you know, I do my workout five days this week, then I'm going to go to Lululemon and get myself something or, you know, something I would do that. I still do that this month, the whole month I, 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 I do my workout five times a week. Then, you know, by the end of the month, I'm going to buy myself some, uh, some nice, uh, some nice outfit or whatever. That's it's, a good it's, way it's, to stick yeah. to it. I yeah. tell you, yeah, that yeah. would work for me. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, you need any, any type of motivation that you can think of, you know, mm -hmm. you, the other thing that I would use is I remember I, at the time there were the iPods that's, that people started buying iPods to run. And I remember I would tell myself, I'm not going to listen to any music. The only music I'm going to listen is when I go for my run. I'm not using anything else. It's just for my run. So that would make me go for my run because I wanted to listen to my music. Or, you know, you really have to find yourself, whatever you find that you, it can motivate you to do something for yourself. You know, either that, you know, you're going to give yourself a gift, you know, at the end of the week or something, you save it just for being consistent with your self-care, you know, try to find mm -hmm. some. I don't know if you still do this, but that once or twice a year, you would take solo trips, uh, full weekends. Usually it was a marathon weekend you were running. For the mothers listening, how important do you think this is? like taking time away? Mm -hmm. at, at the time for me, it was a, a life savior. I was full-time, uh, you know, with my son and my, my husband at the time, I, my ex-husband was traveling constantly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eventually I told him, you know, I, I need to go away. You know, I need to take some time off and, and, and I would do it with my marathons. And he, he understood because, you know, I was just by myself, like even sometimes on the weekend. So, you know, eventually understood for me, it was like a kind of like an extension of mindfulness. Those weekends were essential for me and I would talk to them and everything, but I would not think about being an autism mom uh, with the, the 15 hats that I had at the time. And, and it was realizing, I remember it was the first weekend that I went, it was uh, uh, to Toronto. The, the first time that I went by myself to do a, a marathon that I realized, oh my God, you know, this is the first time that I have not thought that, that, that I didn't think about autism once. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought about my son. I was just there by myself and, and, and I, you know, I would see my, my friend, my best friend who lived in Toronto. You know, if you're in my situation when, when sometimes, you know, you just need to breathe, you know, just go away. And even just going away for a morning you know, going away for a morning or, 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 you know, from nine to five or, you know, one of my, my dreams, one of my absolute dreams is to, to eventually offer um, retreats, retreats for moms who, 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 you know, to go away and, and go to Mont Tremblant, for example, and, mm -hmm. and you know, do some yoga, some walking, you know, we can talk about whatever stress reduction mindset. Because I, I believe that for moms, um, you know, especially if you're a mom uh, who, who, who is at home all the time, you need to get away. You need to get away to just be yourself, you know, to be you. And you do not to be afraid to ask, you know, your, your husband to take care of the kids while you're away, you know, because you, you're away there to replenish yourself because you need that in order to be the best mom that you can be. Mm -hmm. In your book, you have so many tips at the end of every chapter 
Um, and they're amazing. And I want to read one you said about stress. Make a list of the three biggest stressors in your life and find activities you can incorporate daily to relieve that stress. First of all, we don't always take the time to do it or even think about doing it. Um, but that would be such a smart way. Mm-hmm. And I find that it, it's kind of an extension of journaling that you are actually writing those stressors, thinking about those stressors. When I was doing some research about journaling, I found this research, I think it was the UCLA, um, at the UCLA, they said that when you're writing, when you're actually naming your emotions, your negative emotions or whatever, or your negative stress, you know, it, it just, just by naming that, it's kind of a release because now you're realizing, okay, okay, this is my, these are my stressors that, you know, these are the, the activities that are making me stressed out, you know? So just by writing them, then you're realizing, okay, this is where my stress comes from. Or what is that negative thought? Because by writing it, just by writing it, you're going to feel a release. And then if you can, you know, act at the same time and find something that relax you, you know, it's going to be a game changer. Mm-hmm everything you're doing for for mothers, uh, you focus a lot on how we can tap into our inner badass to become unstoppable. <laughs> so true. with all that said and done, what would you say to that woman listening, that mother, mother to be listening, how can she become unstoppable? There's two things I find. Self-care, so, you know, as I say, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I sound like a record you really <laughs> need to prioritize self-care you need to prioritize time for you it is essential it is non-negotiable it is essential it's not it's not you don't need to feel guilty it is something as i said treated as a job you know you make to you have to make it intentional in the sense that you need to schedule your self-care times during the day uh, ideally every day. So number one, to, in order to become unstoppable or in order to tap into your inner badass, you need to prioritize self-care. That's number one. And in the self-care, you know, as, as you see in my book and my, in my second book, we're going to go deeper into that, that self-care is not only physical activity or, you know, eating well enough, you really need to work on your mindset as well. You need to work on your mindset every day in the sense that you need to stay positive. You need to stay on a positive mindset all the time uh, as much as you can. And that means that you need to feed your mind with positivity and that you can do it in several ways. You can do it by listening to podcasts like yours, you know, very, (laughs) you want to be you want to have, uh, you know, you, you want to have um, examples of people that who have done, gone through, you know, uh, difficulties and have come out on the other side. So you really want, you know, you want to be in, in a state where you, you, you see that, you know, what is possible, uh, you know, reading books about personal development uh, and growth. Or listening to books, like I mean, this times so I have no time to read, but I listen to books. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I listen to all the books. Also, for the mindset part, is to try to um, go out of your comfort zone. As I've, as I've said, you know, uh, uh, that try to go uh, out of your comfort zone regularly. Try to do something that scares you regularly, because this it's going to grow your mindset. It's going to make you more courageous, more confident and, you know, give you self-esteem. And I do it, you know, I do it with my workouts, you know, sometimes, you know, just, uh, I run longer, I run faster, or even with work, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at technical stuff. So I make myself, you know, learn something new 
because I know that it's, it's tough and it's going to, you know, just by learning something new, you know, like have that hunger of learning something new, of going out of your comfort zone regularly. I think that is the basis of, you know, to, to, to feel the fear and do it anyway. I think that is the basis of, of becoming, um, you know, badass. And to be unstoppable, the, to be unstoppable, I think the other element is to find yourself a why. And I talk about that in my second book is to find yourself a why in the sense that find something that is uh, more than you, you know, for example, in my case, my why is to help moms to to prioritize self-care. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're a mom, you know, what is it that motivates you or what what, is there a passion that you have? It it takes you out of being a mom. Identity is not only to be a mom, but something else, you know, because I find that with, with a lot of moms who are at home that we kind of lose our identity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me, in order to, to regain my identity, I mean, it took me 11 years, 11 years to, to, to be- It's the never self, too late. Yeah, the self-actualizer, the self-fulfilled woman that I am now, you know, when I found my why, and, you know, now I know that I, I will be unstoppable because I know that at the end of the day, that what, what drives me is really to help as many moms as I can you know, to prioritize self-care and and reclaim the identity. And I do not want to go back. So it's called freshly squeezed questions. So you answer them in one sentence or less or one word. My favorite color is. Oh, my favorite color. I think it's, um, hang on. I think it's purple. My favorite running gear. My running shoes. Do you wear lipstick when you run? I do. (laughs) One thing you wish more people understood about autism kids. It's not a disability, but it's, 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 uh, their, their brain is wired differently. Mm. And they have as much potential as anybody else, but we just need to understand, you know, their brains. Is there, that's different. Love that. What did you do with all your lawyer days outfits? I still have them, yeah, but they don't fit anymore. Uh, I've, I've lost weight since. Your guilty pleasure is? Oh, my God. Dark chocolate. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you have one day all to yourself anywhere in the world. Where are you and what are you doing? I would probably go to a place like an island where I can uh, cycle <laughs> And I can, and, and I can also, um, uh, you know, just swim in the water. Your favorite pool. food to eat is? I think it's probably steak. Do you get help these days uh, with Nico? Yes, I do. I, I thank, thankfully I found, um, there's an educator that, go, that goes to his school that teaches in the school that lives nearby. So she helps me, um, during the COVID times, she was fundamental in my life because she came three times a week in the mornings. Mm. So she helped me with that. Like he, and, and now, well, now he's going back to school. Yeah. Your favorite season to run? I believe it's spring, the spring. An activity you do with your boys? We do a lot of walking and hiking. You're always looking for your next epic goal. What's your next one? Oh my God. My next epic goal. I think it's uh, launching my, uh, my coaching business. So talking about that, where can mothers and women find you, connect with you? What's coming up next? I know in your book, you listed quite a few projects. So give us the details. 
Mm-hmm. They can connect with me by going to my website, claudiatabuada.com. And uh, I, you know, they can follow me as well um, on uh, Instagram or Facebook. If they want to follow, if, if they want to be in the self-care journey, I have the, the Facebook group, uh, Facebook group called uh, Burnout to Unstoppable Moms. And uh, I'm trying to build a community there of moms who are in a self-care journey. So I'm, I give daily, tra- well, not daily, weekly live trainings on, you know, different topics of self-care. It's a free, free, uh, you know, Facebook group. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, uh, Burnout to Unstoppable Moms. I think that's the best way because that's where I will be announcing my projects. So the last question I asked everyone that comes on the podcast. So we all know that being a mother, a parent is a roller coaster of emotions and experiences. Keeping motherhood inspired, what one thing have you found kept you inspired and energized throughout your mom journey? Um, I think seeing the evolution of my kids, the fact that both, uh, well, Nico, Nico especially, trying to be his when I'm his mentor and I see that he's, 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 you know, learning things because for him, you know, everything that he learns, it's, it's, it doesn't come naturally. You know, we really have to work hard on, on his, whatever he's learning. So every little milestone that people take for granted in, in, in regular kids for us, like it's a huge win. So I think it's really the evolution of, of, of the kids, both kids. And then Alex as well, he's, um, he likes, he's a musician. So, you know, just seeing them grow in two, two boys that, that have their own, uh, their own strengths and, and talents. Mm-hmm. I think that keeps me uh, energized. Thank you for listening to another episode of Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired podcast. If you think someone would enjoy to listen to this episode, please share it with them. You can share the link wherever you're listening or go to our website at www.citruslove.com episode and the number where you will find the episode as well as all the information about the guests or the specific episode. The best way to get our podcast ranked is by leaving me a review wherever you're listening, two, three, four, five, six stars, whatever you feel reflect podcast. This will not only let me know what needs to be improved as well as what you particularly love. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye guys.